to the Kaleidoscope Experience. This is episode number two. And today I am joined by my friend Collins Ogor. So Collins and I met about two years ago. We met at the Dabby Conference here in Montreal, which is the this Hotel African Business Initiative. You know, a conference about business development and uh, business opportunities uh, uh, back on the continent. Uh, African continent and uh, yeah after, after we met we kept in touch followed each other on social media and things like that and something that really intrigued me about this man was the fact that he is studying to be a doctor a medical doctor and at the same time at the time he was opening a suit boutique so these are two different worlds these are two different elements so it's something that really you know caught my attention and something I really wanted to share with the audience and you know these are exactly this, uh, the the types of people I want to host on this podcast. People that have regular nine to fives, and also have side businesses that that work on their passion on their own time. That work on a system to generate additional income, or that you know do something creative. You know, so that, yeah, I'm gonna I'm let this man talk and introduce himself. You know, Mark, I, uh, I appreciate it. I'm very honored. Very kind words you said. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's yeah, really an honor. So, yeah, tell us a bit about your journey, man. Like, uh, Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm sure uh, it's long, man. How much time do we have? <laughs> we have uh, a lot of time. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you want me to take you all the way back, back to the uh, roots? Maybe the, the highlights. Okay, the, the, the highlights. The things that, that are okay. close to you. All right. So, fair enough. Uh, so, my story is... Uh, I was born in Nigeria, All right. uh, fortunate enough to, I was born in a middle class family, so I, I, I got, you know, reasonable education. Um, I had a nice and loving family. Um, yeah. I was the youngest of four kids. Uh, my mom was a fashion designer, actually. Okay. Um, my, dad, uh, my dad worked in the oil field. Um, but basically, right from when I was about 10, 11, um, I think I was in about grade seven at the time, I, um, I I made the decision that I wanted to become a doctor, um, and for me that that was uh, that was a very big decision because back there the healthcare system is you know it's it's in ruins. You have a government that's not really caring for the people. Mm. Um, so I I thought my privilege, you know, being able to have exposure to education, I thought I could use that um, and help people. Um, but I also knew, I also learned from a young age, um, the, the power of entrepreneurship, the power of having freedom, yeah, sure. um, and the power of, of really creating value through business. And I, I got the, my first glimpse of that when my dad uh, got me a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, it's an amazing book. Fantastic book by Robert Kiyosaki. And yeah. I think I read that book when I was around 11 or 12 years old. And at that okay. age, at that age, you're so malleable, you wow. know. Yeah, I know. My, I mean, I guess <laughs> this my is very young man. Yeah, I guess my dad didn't like me very much. So he, <laughs> he didn't want me uh, playing around during my yeah, summer holidays. You gotta holidays. get that mindset early. Man. <laughs> exactly. This is good. Exactly. So really, that 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 changed my 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 mindset. Um, and I knew that you know, as much as I wanted to go and study medicine and all that, I knew that the most um, the most high yield way, I should say, the highest yield way to create value, is through entrepreneurship, through business. So that that was how that that was the foundation. I was fortunate enough when I was 17, uh, mm -hmm. my parents were able to to send me 
um, out of the country uh, to Canada. Yeah. They claimed they wanted me to get a good education, but I, 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 I know they just wanted to get rid of me. <laughs> uh, so Spread your so, wings, boy. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I came. I, I was young then. I was exuberant. I didn't care that I was away from home. I was just happy to, you know, to, uh, you know, have freedom at that young age. Anyways, long story short, I went to, I ended up going to McMaster University. Okay. Uh, I studied, uh, I got a Bachelor of Science in Psychology, Neuroscience, and Behavior. Nice. Um, so all along, the, the goal was still become a doctor, get into business, you know, find a blend between the two, mm. um, take the dream back home or somewhere, and create value. Uh, so fortunately, towards the the end of my time at McMaster, I uh, I did my research uh, and I, I came across McGill's Joint Doctor of Medicine and Masters of Business Administration program. Oh, they have a joint what? Yeah, exactly. That's like a, a joint MBA hybrid MBA program. program. Yeah, and uh, it's okay. a four plus one, so one year of MBA that you do in the first year, and then four years of medicine. And at the wow. time, I wasn't very confident applying, but I knew that that, that that was exactly what was tailor-made for, you know, the, the, the goals I'd had since I was, you know, 12, 11, mm. maybe even 10 years old. Uh, so, you know, that was, uh, so I applied and I was fortunate. I was really, 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 really fortunate to get in. Okay. Um, and that's been the story. So I did my MBA year. I met the most incredible people ever. Um, and I, after my MBA, I did my first year of medicine. At the end of my first year of medicine, I got a job that, that asked me to go to India for about six weeks. Um, while nice. I was there, while I was in the MBA, I developed a reputation for myself as a guy who was always in, in a suit. Because I just love, I've always had a passion for suits. Yeah. Uh, growing up with my mom as a fashion designer, we had to dress up for every single thing. Like, it doesn't matter if you're going down the streets to buy, yeah. you know, some candy. You have to be, you have to look, speak in span, you know. So yeah, sure. I took that with me. I went to boarding school as well for six years. So that dressing up. Discipline yeah, exactly. Yeah, that of discipline course. of always looking smart. Anyways, to get to the point, um, I developed that reputation for myself. So when I was in India, I, uh, I was able to meet a few uh, factories that could produce uh, oh. custom-made suits at a reasonable price. But w when you went there, was it, was it one of your goals? Or it, you just thought about it? It, it, wa it wasn't. It, it's something that had kind of been at the back of my mind. But yeah. to be honest, I was thinking more of being uh, uh, like a stylist, a personal stylist for people where I'd help a personal shopper kind of deal okay. for people. Because you did that for your friends before? Exactly. Yeah, I did okay. that for a few of my colleagues in the MBA who were all going on to finance jobs, investment banking, yeah, consulting. Exactly. So that was always in my mind. But then I, I came across a, a few of these guys and I, I thought this, you know, this might be a good, this might be a good idea. So I, I made up a survey. I sent it out. Thank God for Facebook. I was able to reach all the guys all uh, the guys in my class from the MBA. Uh -huh. um, so they all, uh, about 90% of them or so, filled out the survey. And I asked them specific questions about, you know, the pricing, what they wanted, what troubles they were having in, mm -hmm. in getting suits. Um, and that was how the, the dreams, you know, was born. That was how this, this uh, operation we have now was born. Um, and I'm coming to the end of my rant, uh, but basically, <laughs> Um, 
And then I, I ran it uh, pretty much by myself with the help of two friends, one a web developer who helped me set up the website and one a photographer who was helping me develop content. Okay. Um, and one thing that I thought was unique from what I, I, I started doing was we never used any paid models. So the concept was that every guy, every guy, regardless of status, shape, whatever it is, can look and should look dashing, should look perfect in a suit. It's only um, right to use your own customers. Exactly. Well. So that that's okay. that's what I did, and so I had my uh, my photographer friend. I promised him equity in the business, and uh, so he was helping me out for free at the time. So a lot of it was bootstrapping. Yeah. Um, and then about a year from now, a year ago, I met an incredible, incredible young, talented, smart gentleman, Claudio Pascalo. Um, who I was able to recruit to join me in running the business, and he's just such an ambitious guy, and he gets he gets things done. You know, it's always hard to find a, the right partner. Yeah, exactly. When you do, it's a, it's a blessing. I, exactly. I always joke with uh, with my girlfriend. I tell her it's like finding a <laughs> wife. You know, it's <laughs> a second wife, the, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, so I was fortunate, and uh, that's how we got here. And we did some rebranding along the way a couple of times, and uh, here we are today. Man, so that's, that's an incredible story. journey, yeah. though. But yeah. feels Thank like you. it's always been there. So that it's, it's amazing to know, man. Thank you very much. But was it was, you, was it your first business? Uh, no, actually, it wasn't. Um, this was my third business, so to speak. Um, the first one I started when I was in in my undergrad, okay. and it was a, a travel agency type deal. Um, and uh, I was I also acting for an agent for a, a college in Toronto where I was helping them recruit uh, students from Nigeria. So I was an ambassador for them in Lagos. Okay. Um, and I was helping them get uh, students who were interested in uh, coming over to Canada to further their studies. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I learned a lot from that, and I, I've been using that experience in in this in this operation. Oh yeah. Based on what you've said, it's always been about passive income too, right? It's always about generating a, another side of income. I it think wasn't, like how would you say passion versus additional income stream? I, I, think, I think you can blend the two together. You know, I think we live right now in today's world. We have, uh, we're very privileged. Um, we have a lot of technology that makes it possible to leverage, you know, whatever your hobby is, whatever your passion is, mm. whatever your talent is, you can always leverage that into making, you know, some more money, into kind of creating some more freedom for yourself. Um, and I think that's, that's the powerful thing. Um, so I don't think it's a versus. I think both of them can actually and should actually go together. Yeah, sure. Like you said, it's all about creating value too, right? Mm -hmm. No doubt, man. It, it feels like Montreal's uh, suit market is a bit uh, is a bit small. I, I don't mm -hmm. see that many people mm -hmm. that wear that many suits. Mm -hmm. It's not a very suit oriented city. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, mm -hmm. so how would you find the market here? Yeah, I I, th I tend to agree with you. It's uh, the style here is a lot more laid back. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think for a young company, for a young a small operation like us, which we didn't start with a lot of capital. If I tell you how much I started this business, you'd laugh. You'd laugh out of here. You know, we didn't start with a lot. We've been bootstrapping everything. We haven't yeah. asked for anything from any investors. Um, so, with that sort of setup, I believe a lot in uh, what Peter Thiel, who's uh, one of the founders of uh, PayPal and. Okay. Um, you know, very successful venture capitalist now, and he said something. He said, 
it's always good to be a big fish in a small pond <laughs> than a small than a, than a small fish in a yeah, big yeah. pond and and that's my that's my philosophy that's my approach towards uh, starting up a business it's always good to be it's easier to be recognized in a city like Montreal and you start there you build a name for yourself there and if you want to go to a bigger market yeah then so be it but if I was in a market where it's more suit oriented there'll be more competitors yeah, there'll be bigger competitors and they would swallow you out of the market yeah so that's my approach that's why I think it being a small suit market so to speak is actually an advantage for us it is man but Do you refer most on customer referrals or your marketing strategies? Uh, I think for our in our early months, we've re we've relied a lot on personal networks and okay. referrals. Yeah. Um, and uh, and people always ask me like, what's your competitive advantage? And I, and I think what we compete on is our level of service. You know, the attention to detail, the the experience we give customers. And when people have that, they tend to talk about it a lot. Of course. And if you if you came and saw me and or my partner doing a fit-in, you'd, you'd, you'd want to go crazy because we pay so much attention to details that even the customers don't notice. But <laughs> for us, the biggest, the most valuable advertising, the most valuable marketing is a fine young man walking down the street looking 10 out of 10 in yeah. our suits. Uh, so we've, we've, we've done well from uh, referrals, and our focus now for the next little while is to try to reach a, a broader base through some you know, marketing strategies. Yeah, because I've seen your social media platform and mm -hmm. like the customers that you have look really great in those suits. Thank man. you, thank you very It's much. Very, very well I'm done. Very, man. I'm very honored. Thank you. But why did you decide to do like custom made instead of off the rack suits? Was mm -hmm. it more of a? So it was. It was more of a frustration for me because uh, for someone who's so in love with suits, for someone who is very almost obsessive compulsive about the details in a suit, <laughs> I was, uh, I was always getting frustrated. So for example, you go to a really nice store, they have decent stuff, you know, medium to high quality. You pay, you know, a significant amount of money for a suit, mm. but it doesn't fit right. Yeah. You know, you still have to go to a tailor and maybe even go to the tailor multiple times and you have to know what to tell the tailor and you have to know you know these little things and for me it took me years of experience to develop those nuances yeah. um, and I, I, I walk down the street and I see guys looking sloppy in an expensive suit it makes absolutely <laughs> no sense exactly <laughs> exactly the length is not right yeah. the, 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 the sleeve the, 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 the cuff is not right the The fit on the body is not right, you know. The, it's just it just nah, pisses people me don't off. really pay attention to suits exactly. in Montreal. I've exactly, noticed. but that's the thing: people don't have the time because they're not as passionate about this stuff. So they don't have the time to go to the tailor. They don't have the time to get obsessive about little details. But yeah. they should because the way you look really impacts how you're 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 viewed in in the workplace, in business, in social uh, settings. Anyways, long story short. So for me, I knew that. What I wanted to do was not just, you know, make a profitable business. I wanted to create a valuable service. I wanted to show people that you don't, you should not look, there's no excuse for looking sloppy in a suit. Yeah. The day you wear a suit is the day you should look your best. And you can only get that from a custom suit experience. Yeah. It boosts your confidence to the max. Absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. 
So how how do you keep track of your finances with this business? Is it is it is it a hard thing to do? Uh, it it is it it is it is. Uh, it's I always I always joke. I'm like, if I start another business, I'm just gonna get someone on board to take care of the the stuff uh, I, I don't want to deal yeah. with. You know, so like you guys don't have an stuff, accountant. The, we do have an accountant, yeah. and we pay a pretty penny for that. Um, <laughs> but I think it's you know it's what you have to do. It's it's the cost of doing business, as I like to say. But uh, just keeping things on track, and if it co- if it if it's expensive, it's expensive because there's uh, value in it. Uh, so we have an accountant and that we meet periodically every three months to help us take care of that side of things. And we also have a lawyer as well that we have in retainer as well. And So what us, do you need the lawyer for in, in this type of business? Uh, so for us, it's, it's, it's a few things, right? We're dealing with imports okay. because we, we get our products made uh, offshore. Yeah. Um, we're dealing with... Um, we're dealing with like, uh, for example, having the storefront. We're dealing with the the city as well as the uh, provincial government and the federal government. And it's it's not high level stuff, you know. Yeah. It's 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 uh, it's pennies. But I had a relationship with the lawyer, and he uh, he took our case on, and he works with us. And I'm just a little bit over cautious, just because you, you know, have to be. Yeah, man. Exactly. yeah, it's your business. You have to exactly. pay attention to the details. Exactly. Especially at this point in the business, it's easy to get carried away because you're really focusing on the on the growth, and yeah. you get to a point where you get big, and boom, you're slapped with a lawsuit from the government. Yeah, because you some cut sort corners of somewhere exactly, exactly, unconsciously. Exactly. So yeah, it's always good to have external people like that keeping you on track. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you said, it's the cost of doing business, man. Yeah. yeah. But um, are there any skills that that you've used in the medical field or in the business field that you've mm-hmm. applied to both of your worlds? Yeah, people. Just knowing the people, people skills—it's so important, man. Yeah, I, for sure. I, I remember my my business partner and I were at a store a couple of days ago. And there's this lady who uh, who was at the cashier who you know served us and whatever, and the whole 30 seconds to 40 seconds experience, there was not one single smile, <laughs> and I, I I was losing it, and I I I said like this is just not acceptable. Mm. The value of people's skills, it's you can be successful in any field in this world in anything whatsoever if you have the right people skills, of and course. I think. For me, that's something I've co- I've consciously tried to hone. I I don't I think some people are natural at it. Yeah. I don't know if I am natural at it. I can't say that, but I've consciously tried to hone that. And in medicine, it's it's becoming a lost art. Um, and that's one of my frustrations with my 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 field of medicine is that, you know, we're the system has put so much pressure on the doctors. Everyone is pressed for time, and there's pressure from everywhere. You're dealing with so many egos that people are forgetting the most important thing is the patient and the person behind that diagnosis, behind that ailment. Um, And being in in a business like this where my my rent depends on my customer. So I cannot, you know, I cannot cut corners in terms of service, in terms of my person skills, in terms of making my customers feel happy, comfortable, welcome. Exactly. I wouldn't be able to pay my rent. I wouldn't be able to eat. So for me, this business has really helped me emphasize that. And I'm happy and privileged that I can take that into the hospital, into my work uh, as a medical student, and I can... 
apply that to my patients and make them you know feel at ease you know make them feel like they're being really cared yeah. for um so that's it man people skills so uh, important. It, it feels like uh, the medical field and doctors it, it's it's a uh, it's an area where it's very easy to get desensitized because of the the amount of uh, suffering you see in people exactly. and uh, like you say the t- the pressures the, exactly. the time pressures and everything exactly. do you ever feel like that sometimes yeah absolutely absolutely and it's very frustrating um and i think there's either two ways the, the system i think turns you into one of two types of persons one is either someone who you take that and you say you know what i i'm not going to be turned into a monster and i'm going to be compassionate and i'm going to care for people mm-hmm. or you just say you know what i'm not going to you know get burned out over this i'm just going to become a robot and i'm going to have no emotion and just deal with people as like their items on a to-do list and it's sad that a lot of people are going the other way but yeah, yeah. but how's your support system and all that did, did you have to uh, readjust it at any point? You know, like maybe not necessarily change friends, but mm-hmm. distance I, yourself from certain things absolutely, and absolutely. I'm, get yeah. other people more involved. Mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate that I have met, you know, a couple of people who just, who get me and who really see things from my perspective, but at the same time are not, are not afraid to tell me when I've gone wrong. Mm. Um, so for example yeah exactly so my girlfriend for example will not you know try to placate me or try to please me she'll always be upfront with me and let me know when I've gone wrong and she's also very understanding which I think is a big part of it like you know there's so many sacrifices that you have to make if you want to do something like this where you're having a full-time job a full-time gig of studies (laughs) and running a business you know you cannot have the average relationship that you know where you can always hang out you can always go do this and do that exactly there are so many times where you know we have plans but i'm stuck in the hospital till 11 or we have plans and i have a fit in that you know so that that's part of it and um, i'm also really fortunate that in medical school i've met a group of a small group nonetheless but a, a very small group of friends that we don't see often we don't hang out often but whenever we do it's always very high value conversation yeah exactly. of course and so that that's my support system whenever i'm down whenever i'm worried about something i can call on them uh, we can get together we have similar experiences yeah in the sense that we're all uh, we're all three of us there's three of us we're all african um we're coming here we're in a in a in a system that's uh, dominated by other races, and yeah. we have certain challenges that are very similar. Of course. Um, and just kind of coming together and being a support for each other um, is amazing. And they also really support me um, with what I'm doing outside of medicine, and they they've been fantastic with me. Are they also businessmen? Or? Uh, no, they're 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 also medical students. Medical but, students. Yeah, huh? yeah, okay, they, I see. They support what I'm doing. Um, and I have another really good friend uh, that I met, and he's also in the MDMBA. And we've, uh, you know, it's always good. Like we always bounce ideas. We always travel together. And just having those people around you that inspire you is is amazing. And of course, my business partner too, who is just is an incredible gentleman. Yeah, you need to surround yourself with like-minded people. You know? It breeds ideas. Yeah, I think I think that's the key. I think that's the key. My girlfriend always. Uh, jokes at me that i know so many people <laughs> but the truth is that a lot of the relationships as as bad as it may sound they're they're shallow 
right? No, of course. You, you uh, don't have enough exactly. time or enough... Uh, you don't have enough energy, really. Yeah, and exactly. And I think the key is to invest in specific, very specific relationships. And nurture Small. You don't need a big circle. You don't need to hang out with... 10 people every weekend you of know course. you just need a very small circle that understands you that gets you and they know if you don't call them if you don't text them it's not because you don't care anymore it's just yeah. something is coming up but yeah. they're always there for you and those relationships you have to nurture it um have you i wonder if you've ever heard of jim Rohn. uh the motivational speaker yeah exactly yes fantastic guy fantastic guy and, and he has this incredible quote he said the inner circle is key he says you have to nurture them you have to love them and they will love you. Nurture them and they, do, and they will nurture you. Uplift them and they will uplift you. And yeah. that's it. The inner circle. You have to give first and receive. Exactly. Yeah. The inner circle is absolutely key. I definitely agree with that, man. What's one of your character traits that, I guess, uh, gives you that advantage that, that really pushes you? Uh, I think it's ambition ambition huh? ambition um which is a, bl- a blessing and a curse if you ask me <laughs> um but I, I think it's it's just the fact that you know i i don't i don't see i don't see obstacles you know i i i want to do something and and my mom used to complain about that a lot as a kid it was like you know if i wanted something somehow I would eventually exactly I would eventually yeah. get it I, you know you could tell me no you could tell me it's not possible you could tell me the odds and all of that you tell me one in a billion and I am thinking yeah I'll probably be the one okay. you know so it's that level of ambition um, which is, is, is like I said a blessing and a curse it's just you have to find the right way to hone it which is something I'm constantly struggling with but um, you know I think like sometimes you feel like you don't have the balance. You're probably sometimes over too yeah, overly exactly. ambitious. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. I think sometimes you, because at, at the end of the day, you have to realize that you know it's life. You mm-hmm. know, you have to enjoy it as much as you want to be successful, as much as you want to accomplish certain things. And sometimes you just gotta remind yourself that look, it's not a race; it's a marathon. It's a you marathon. Know, it's not a sprint. It's, it's not that. a sprint. It's a marathon. So. You know, if things aren't working out or if something isn't working out, don't don't sweat it. Just yeah. take a step back and, you know, bit by bit. What's, what's the, the, the most challenging part of this business Oof. to you? Uh, I think it's, I think the most challenging part of any business really, and I might be wrong, but it's just my perspective, is, your, is sales. It sells, huh? yeah, expanding, it expanding it growth. And I remember in the in the MBA there was yeah. this uh, divide of uh, finance because you had to do a concentration, you know, finance, strategy, marketing, and it was not really talked about. But marketing kind of seemed like the easier concentration because it, the the courses seemed very soft and very, you know. But it's the hardest thing in the world. Right? <laughs> and then I'm, I'm learning that the hard way. Marketing is so difficult. And I give a, a lot of respect to people who can sell. Yeah. And, you know, it's the, the idea that if you build it, will they come? The answer is no. If you build it, they wouldn't come. You could have the greatest product, the greatest service in the world. But if people don't know about it, if you don't touch the pain points of people in your presentation, they're not going to come. And... I think that's the most challenging part. And every day in any business, especially a, a small one that's trying to grow like this, a startup like this, 
every day you're always thinking about sales about marketing how can we reach more people yeah. how can we get more people in the door the other stuff man honestly the operations the logistics the finance all of that you can always figure that out yeah because you, you know, don't have to deal with customers <laughs> with that right yeah it's, it's just yeah. yeah that that's what that was one of my goals with this platform with this mm-hmm. podcast is to build an audience a following to the point where if i want to push a product or mm-hmm. a service mm-hmm. i'd already have a group of people mm-hmm. i can expose it to you exactly because I'm, I'm i'm lazy sometimes yeah. and I, I feel like if i had to do marketing for every single one of my products or services mm-hmm. it would take an eternity exactly I so, think this is very smart. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It's a very, very smart way. And, and you're creating value for people, which is the key. Exactly. Right? You're, one bird, two, yeah, exactly. one stone, two birds. Exactly. You're exposing them to, you know, um, other people, other ideas, mm. and maybe inspiring them, I hope. And, yeah, uh, I hope yeah. so. Of so course. That's, that's fantastic. So if I had to get my measurements for one of these suits, mm-hmm. when can I expect it? When can I uh, get my... So, so it depends, right? We our standard is three weeks. Okay. So you come in, you have a glass of whiskey, um, <laughs> like we're having right yeah, now. Like we're having right now. <laughs> it's five p.m. somewhere, I guess. Uh, uh, you know, we have over a hundred and twenty fabrics here, probably more than that. Um, that you Whoa. go through. Um, but first of all, we kind of get a sense of you know who you are, what you do, why you need the suit, what you're gonna use it for, how often you're gonna use it, what else do you have in your in your closet right now in terms of suits. Yeah. Um, and then we guide you. Sometimes people come and they know exactly what we want, and we show them. Sometimes people want some guidance, and we give that to them. Um, so you pick the fabrics, we take your measurements. The whole thing takes about thirty to forty-five minutes. Okay. Um, and then we sit down and we decide every single detail of the suit, over twenty details of a suit that and and pants included that we have to kind of pick. Twenty. You know, yeah, including the the lining, the buttons, the lapels, the the slant of the pockets, how many pockets you want, the vents at the back, the fit, the cut you want. <laughs> Um, so the size, the length, everything, yeah. like, you know, the cuffs on the pants, the belt loops, the side adjusters, the back pockets, the pockets in front, you want them slanted straight. You already lost me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a lot. So it's a lot of detail. Of so we go through that. And then we tell people, look, in three weeks, uh, you come in you yeah. try your suit on. Yeah. And usually we have to make a few tweaks. Uh, oftentimes it's perfect and you can leave with it. From the first try. From huh? the first try. Okay. But, but what we aim for usually is just a few tweaks here and there just to give it that bam. When you walk in, you're like, damn, that guy is definitely wearing a custom made suit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in three weeks. And that process from when you come in and when we do the alterations to when your suit is ready is usually five business days. Okay, that's that's yeah. pretty reasonable. Yeah, um, but often, oftentimes, I I usually joke that my business runs on irresponsible grooms, because oftentimes <laughs> guys, oftentimes guys have the one job they have for their wedding is to just get your tuxedo ready for the wedding. <laughs> And the, the bride will take care of everything else. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you know, they man, leave it you, to the last you know how we are. Thing, yeah, right? exactly. And they call that. me, they're, they're, they're <laughs> panting, they're hyperventilating. Yeah. They're like, look, man, my wedding is then. I yeah. need a suit. So I'm like, okay, chill out. So you guys in. do express work So we too? do express work. Um, and do you charge a premium for that? Uh, we don't. We don't. Oh, that's amazing, man. Uh, yeah, I, I think for me, the philosophy, again, is service. Cause yeah. People will always come back. People will always talk about you. Um, don't try to make a profit off of every instance. Like, for sure, you need to make a profit. And, you know, when it's going to hurt you too much, it's, it doesn't make sense. But 
it's not you cannot always be money driven of course you know just being there for someone and being part of a wedding for me is one of the most amazing aspects of this business because those pictures are gonna be they're gonna show kids and families and grandkids and great grandkids for years to come that's it man so three to four weeks usually mm. we can get everything done sometimes as fast as two weeks okay yeah and what's the most the the boldest request you've ever had for a suit uh the boldest request the boldest request i had a i had a gentleman come in uh for his wedding yeah and he wanted uh he wanted a a black a tuxedo a black tuxedo with gold paisley like uh, designs on the on the tux on itself? the tux itself on the whole on the linings and the details or the on whole on one? the whole tux itself. Oh, wow! And luckily we <laughs> carry fabrics like that. <laughs> so you actually did that? We we did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So every once in a while you get uh, you get something like that, and it's fun. And we uh, we just actually had our first band that we made a couple of stuff for them. So I think and, and they they're more into this eccentric kind of style so i think we're gonna be doing a, a bit more of that diversification exactly man. that's exactly. good so that's amazing so what type of suit do you recommend for newbies okay good good question so for newbies i always tell them let's stick to the basics let's stick to the classics let's stick to the all year rounds okay so first you want a suit that will go with everything you know that would go with black shoes brown shoes that would go for an interview for a dinner for a date for you know whatever it is you want to wear the suit for versatility mm -hmm. and you want a fabric that you can use from month uh january to december all okay. year round uh so i always tell them look there's two things to start with it's either a navy something in a shade of navy you yeah. can either go dark or you can go a bit lighter like what i had yeah, on right i have now. a navy suit exactly navy suit. or gray <laughs> or gray right okay. again there's a a, a a a spectrum in terms of the shade of the gray um not black no not black so either navy or gray to start with and sometimes guys, newbies, like, like you call them, they want something with a bit of pattern. I say, okay, I don't suggest that for your first suit, but if you want to go with a pattern, go with something subtle. So like a subtle... Um, like a subtle, subtle stripes or not even... Usually not stripes, I would say. Like subtle uh, plaid, for example, like Glen Check, for example. Something very subtle where from a distance it looks like a plain suit, but when they come closer, there is a, quite a bit of detail in it. All so right. that, that's what I usually suggest to people for that first suit that's pretty nice yeah. man yeah. that's good insight for the people listening if you <laughs> yeah. if you're trying to get a a brand new suit you need to come to maison le poem correct absolutely that's or at least it, check man. out our website and check out our editorials because we write uh we're, we're producing a lot of content to help people um and we understand that our, our our price point is is not necessary where everyone is at and that's totally fine but the advice is free so go on the website and uh sign up to our new our newsletter so you can always get advice and styling and uh you can take your style game up to another level of course and what's the what's the name of the website it's uh com. so maison as in maison house and leporem as in l-e-p-o-r-e-m I'll make sure to write that down for you guys, so don't worry. Absolutely, my man. Do you consider yourself a creative guy? <laughs> that's, a, that's a fantastic question, yeah. man, because I never did. Because real, I, no, I never did, because growing up, my concept of creative was good in arts class. 
you know, and I was, I was terrible in arts. I, I can't draw to save my life. Um, so I never did. But then when I, I, I started to realize that I had a gift for putting together outfits, I realized that, you know what, that's another, that's another, you know, another creative way another exactly another yourself. way of expressing your creativity yeah. and i think to some extent everyone is creative in a certain sense of course they just um, have to find exactly, what they're passionate exactly, about right exactly yeah. and really like getting dressed in the morning or dressing someone up is like painting you know you have the blank canvas and you're putting together colors you're putting together you know yeah. styles and concept and i see outfits in my head like sometimes i could just be sitting driving or just look at something very random and just the combination exactly the combinations, combinations are coming up in my head and 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 since i started to realize i had that gift yeah i i really started to consider myself a creative that's amazing man thank you but i think my business partner uh, claudio is more of the creative in our partnership oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. in terms of uh, choosing the fabrics yeah, yeah exactly and, you know, L- little things like that yeah but okay. I, I i hold my own uh, you know he doesn't uh, oppress me too so much. so you're more of the business who, who has the balance Who's yeah exactly I, I think i'm more of the the you know the numbers guy the okay. the um the kind of implementation guy and 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 in the in the in the business marriage so to speak um and you know he is more of the concept kind of man okay. and we bounce ideas off each other of course but I, I kind of let him have the lead on things like that okay so for example we're designing our private line our private label for ties uh, made in, in italy and he's taking the lead on that. He is going to Italy uh, soon to meet with manufacturers. He's curating the fabrics and stuff like that. So I understand that I might have a strength in that, but he is stronger in that, that okay. sense. So I kind of take the backseat and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's how it works. That's a good partnership right there, man. Yeah, I think so too. But my final question for you, man, mm-hmm. is eventually you might probably have to you you'll come to a point where you're gonna have to choose one of your two worlds right Mm -hmm. either you stick to uh making suits Mm -hmm. and pushing your uh, your suit business forward Mm -hmm. or you commit yourself full-time to being a doctor Mm -hmm. what is it gonna be it's interesting. People always say that, but the truth of the matter is, no, I don't have to choose. You don't have to choose. I'll huh? never have to choose, and that's the beauty of it. And there was a very famous, uh, a very, very, very famous physician from way back in the days. Actually, the the most famous McGill alum alumnus um, from medicine. Okay. It's called uh, Dr. William Osler, yeah. and he's known worldwide for you know, uh, in the medical field. And he said something that stuck with me. He said, a young doctor must, and I'm, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, a young doctor must always, must make sure he keeps his hobbies outside of medicine to maintain perspective. And I'm paraphrasing, and I'm sure I can go online and find the actual quote for you. And I think that's the that's important thing. Um, you can't be too one, one-minded. Yeah. And society tells you you can either be a banker or a lawyer or an engineer or this or that. I don't believe in that. And I, I think that's the, the beauty of business and entrepreneurship where I can have 
this, I can have my fashion label, I can run it, or I can at least employ people to run the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. I can also have a hospital and a bunch of clinics that I'm overseeing and having people to run the day-to-day. If I want to go into the food business, I can get people who are really good, who know the food business and in and out, it too. and oversee it too, and make the strategic kind of decisions with advice from those experts. And that's the beauty of it. And man, I love that mindset. That's it, man. That's, that's how you amazing. build a conglomerate. That's how you build an empire. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah, ever yeah. thinking that you can only do one thing that's who i think man. and time will tell if it's the right way to go yo but good luck man with that mindset it's definitely gonna take you far bro thank you i wish much. you that thank you very much mark but yeah man that's that's it that's it for me man yeah. it was a, it was amazing having you on it's, this podcast and like i said man you're one of the first people i thought of when i when i wanted to do this honestly, because you yeah. really represent the type of people that i want to host mm-hmm. on there just to inspire other people to do the same mm-hmm. thing you know create mm-hmm. follow their passion and at the same time create another stream of revenue mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. in 2017 there's like you said before you don't have to stick to one thing can create multiple lanes and create multiple streams of income mm-hmm. to, to ensure that you live a good life right Absolutely. and Absolutely. ensure your retirement too of course exactly and the freedom the and the freedom, freedom is which yeah. is important yeah. yes yeah. of course man I'm, I'm really honored again thank you so much it's, no doubt, for me this is just, just makes me so humble you know? <laughs> like that you think of me that you consider me that you would find my story inspiring um, and worthy no to go out to your incredible audience I'm um, still building like you. I'm in the, I'm in the early stages, and, very early and, stages, man. And trust me, man, it's not, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> so, yeah, no doubt. No, but of course, it's, I'm it's ready for that. It's absolutely going to be worth it. And I think you have a fantastic idea. You have the right motivation, which is key. And you have the talent and the mindset for it. So I think, and who knows where this is going to go, man? Who knows? Uh, yeah, I'm excited for the journey yeah, too, man. Yeah, I really am. Absolutely, you're a natural man. <laughs> honestly, like the, the the way you ask me the questions and everything, it's fantastic. I appreciate so, it, bro. Thank you so much, and keep up the. Good oh, thanks work. to you, man. And, uh, yeah, I'll let you have the last word. All right, but yeah, this is it. This is a wrap up for episode number two of the Kaleidoscope Experience. So I'll catch you guys on the other one, man. Thank you. <laughs>